What's up, guys? We've been getting a huge response back from the dojo. I want to say thank you, guys. Uh, I had a blast getting to spend two hours with those guys, two hours plus. Uh, I'm glad that you guys like it, like the setup. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, go on to RTP Premium if you're a premium member and go check it out. It's the second episode of Talking Ball, and it's the first one that we've done out of the dojo. So you guys can all check that out. Uh, that's for our RTP Premium. If you want to see a little clip of that, you can sign up for Standard, and you can see a little two-minute clip of, of what that looks like. But uh, Premium is just 10 bucks a month if you get it for the whole year. Uh, go if, if you like the, the clip of it, you'll love the whole uh, almost two hours of, of video that we shot. So go check that out. You'll also, with RTP Premium, get discounts on all of our summits. Uh, so those full prices won't cost you as much. So go check all that out. It's all over on our website, runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Miles Harrelson. Coach Harrelson is the junior varsity offensive line and assistant varsity offensive line coach at American Heritage Plantation in Plantation, Florida. Listen as we talk with Coach about learning from some great high school football coaches in Florida coaching multiple sports, and the importance of great coaching cues for junior varsity and varsity football. You can follow Coach Harrelson on Twitter at HarrelsonM underscore 74. Hope you guys enjoy. Well, first and foremost, um, Coach Miles Harrelson. I'm uh, 26 years old, and I currently coach at American Heritage Plantation here in South Florida. And um, it's a long-winded story of how I got here, but I'm going to give it to you guys my best way I can. Um, obviously, played ball growing up my whole life, you know, um, all the way through high school, played four years. And I always knew I wanted to coach. I remember, man, sixth grade, you know, fifth, sixth grade, you know, I would always get in trouble because I will be – you know, in class, sitting down, drawing out plays and, and whatnot. So I always knew I wanted a coach. So uh, spring my senior year, our head coach at the time was Scott Barlow, phenomenal guy. He was a kicker back for the Hurricane, the University of Miami Canes back in the day, back in the 90s. He, um, you know, he stepped down, you know, he just had a newborn. So he obviously wants to spend time with the family. So the school went in a different direction and hired the previous head coach I was there. Al Lang, tremendous guy, you know, straight, traditional, single-wing, wing-T concept, which we ran, too, because once he left and Coach Barlow took over, we just, you know, we really didn't skip a beat. We just rolled right into it. You know, playbook stayed, you know, relatively similar, just a few tweaks on a couple things here and there. So Coach Lang took over in the spring, and um, I basically just ga for the most part. You know, I, I helped set up drills, you know, Basically, all the GA stuff. 
summertime rolls around, I graduate, you know, I'm still out there lifting with the guys. And uh, he called me to his office one day. So I'm like, oh man, you know, I, I think he knows I want to coach. You know, he sits down and talks to me. He goes, you know, Miles, I love what you're doing. I love the energy that you're around with the kids, even though you just graduated. And um, I was wondering if you would like to come on the JV staff and be the offense coordinator. I was like, what, man? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I love, I, I love to, you know, man, at the time, you know, I was 18, 19 year old kid. And I didn't know too much being an OC, you know, the ins and outs, like how you guys talked on previous episodes, like the hidden agendas behind it, you know? So I thought I was just going there, you know, you call your best play, et cetera, et cetera. Man, I learned a lot that first year. So um, once school starts, you know, we, we really didn't get many JV guys out. School started. Our first JV game was two weeks away. And um, our head coach that we had a point at the time, you know, two days before our first game, you know, had some health issues and um, had a stroke. So he couldn't, you know, finish out the season with us. Day before our game, Coach Lang <clears throat> brought us, brought myself into his office. He sat me down and he said, hey, coach, you know, I, I met with the varsity staff, you know, you know, and uh, we talked about, you know, you taking over as an interim head coach and you just riding out for the rest of the year as a head coach. I'm like, obviously, I jumped right on. Absolutely. I'd love to, you know, but back of my head, I'm like, wow, man, just, it's not 18, 19 year old kid, you know, just graduating in the summertime, you know, like, all right, you know, I'll take it on full force. And that was a challenge, man, because you guys know being young coaches, it's, you know, you, you play with the dudes, you know, a year ago, and now, you know, they're obviously lower level dudes, you know, ninth or 10th graders. And now you have to end up coaching them. So that was a challenge in itself. Um, finished out the year, we went three and three. We had a six game season. Um, had some fun doing what we did. Again, we ran single wing offense, and I had some ball players then, you know, a couple guys that played at the youth level, Little League down here. So my second year rolls around. I'm still on the JV staff, and um, that year was a little bit more challenging, I would say. I was more prepared as an offensive coordinator, but I just didn't have the dudes, you know, and just trying to develop guys, you know, two weeks, you know, when they come in the first week of school into our first game, in two weeks, it's, you know, it's hard to install, you know, man, you know, single wing offense, you know. There's a lot of, lot, lot, lot of different things with polling and down blocks, and you guys know. So – that season went along. I think I had four or five dudes that played at the youth level before, so that was a challenge in itself to get guys, you know, that didn't even know what a three-point stance was or didn't know how, 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 you know, linebackers, how to read and how to, you know, run fits. So that year we went two and four. Um, had a basketball player as my uh, my quarterback, and he was pretty athletic. He was a great kid. And halfway through the year, I was like, you know what, let me just dumb this down and make it simple. So we went – you know, I, I lean a little bit more to the spread concept, you know, doubles and trips, you know, just 10 personnel, simple things, you know, bubble slant and just true uh, zone read, inside zone, things of that nature. So the kids have a little bit better concept of it. That went on, like I said, um, went two and four. That following off season, Coach Lane brought me in, in his office again. And after they had their end of the year meeting, he told me he wanted to bring it up as an assistant on the varsity level. I was all for it, man. And uh, when I was on the JV staff, I, um, you know, I was still helping out for the varsity games Friday night. I was up in the box, you know, charting plays and just, just doing all that, all that stuff as an assistant would normally do, you know, just being another set of eyes. So I finally got the, I would say the title. And man, that was, that was fun in itself. 
So that was, I spent four years there at my alma mater. It's a Hollywood Hills. You know, it's a smaller public inner city school here in Florida. And um, I had a blast doing it those four years. So how I got into the youth level, because I also coach a little league down here too. And I'm not sure how it is up there in Iowa where you're at, Coach Harper. I don't know you are Coach Walls or Oklahoma where you're at, Harper. But um, little league down here, it's, 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 a, it's a thing in itself, man. It's, 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 it's crazy. So our DB coach at the time I was at Hollywood Hills, he coached his sons in Little League. He asked me to help him out. And, man, I fell in love with it, man. You know, just being around. You know, we started out at the, the 9- and 10-year-old division. And, you know, I just felt like, you know, I, I can I have so many years to, you know, train these dudes and get them, you know, high school ready. So coach youth with him, you know, few three years. Um, great guy, man. His name's Ron Harge. He's an um, offense coordinator for a St. Thomas Acquaintance JV team now. I'm not sure if you guys know St. Thomas is a powerhouse. You know, I, you know, I think they won the Nationals this year or something like that. And um, got some time spent with him. And um, <clears throat> transitioned to another part, you know. And um, how I got to American Heritage, the guys I was coaching with, they were alumni of American Heritage. So they had one of their friends that they graduated with. They'll come out. He will come out to practice and, you know, just talk ball with us, you know, and you know, just do coaching stuff. You know, hang out with us. We'll go go to the bar, drink a beer, watch watch a Thursday night game or Monday night game, and just talk ball. So one day I asked him. I said, Hey, Dylan, you know, you guys you guys need any coaches? You know, I, I don't care what level. You know, obviously not varsity, but you know, junior varsity, junior high. He goes, You know what? Let, let me check with our athletic director, and I'll call you back in a couple of days. About four or five days go by. He gives me, shoots me a text. He goes, hey, Miles, um, we have a sixth-grade coaching position available. Um, our director of football ops is going to call you. I gave him your number. I was like, sweet. Ten minutes later, our DOF, he gives me a call. Coach Bruce Avon, um, great guy. He, He's our baseball head coach at the varsity level, and he also spent some time in the in the big leagues with the Marlins and some other clubs. So we get on the phone, we have a short conversation. He, you know, wants me to come down to the field house, you know, interview me. So I'm like, oh man, this is awesome! Like American Heritage, like one of the top programs here in South Florida, you know, nationally known. I'm like, man, this is awesome. So I I bust out my suit, I iron it, you know, I get a little resume with some connections. So I go in the interview, and he. He sits down and he talks to me about, you know, American Heritage as a program, as a school, academically, athletically. And um, our head varsity coach, Coach Pat Sertan, he walks in. And Coach Pat, he um, spent some time with the Dolphins and uh, spent some, some time with the Chiefs back in his playing days. And, you know, me being a South Florida kid, you know, I grew up being a Dolphin fan. So I knew of, you know, Pat Sertan, you know, I was a huge fan of him. So Coach Pat leaves the office, and Coach Avon and I were talking. You know, a few minutes later, our defense coordinator, uh, Coach Daryl Porter, and it's pretty funny because it's a small world. Coach Harper, Coach Porter played with uh, Big Jerry for the Bills back in the day. Oh, is that right? Yeah, man, yeah. So after I, you know, I listened to the Big Jerry podcast that episode, and uh, <laughs> I asked him about it, and, um, man, we just clicked, and he'll tell me some of the funny things, you know, Big Jerry would do. So that was pretty, you know, small world. So uh, Coach Porter walked by, and then our receivers coach, Coach Rondé Gaston, he walked in, you know, shortly after he did. And Coach Gaston, you know, spent some time playing wideout for the for the Dolphins as well. 
and I'm just sitting here starstruck. I'm like, wow, man, three dudes that played in the NFL, a guy that played in the big leagues, like, man, this is a cool opportunity. So um, interview goes on. Coach Avon loved me, hired me on the spot, and um, sixth grade offense coordinator. And I'm thinking, all right, sixth grade. You know, I coach nine-year-olds, you know, currently they're freshmen now. So I coach them for, you know, a good amount of time. You know, I can coach youth level again. Guys, when I tell you, man, that was a challenge. But it was fun at the same time, too, because a few episodes you guys had a guy on there that I coached at the middle school level. And, and, and it's exactly right. I remember a reference he said, you know, they walk out there with their girdles on backwards, you know, their chin straps all crooked and tangled up you know they come out there not wearing cleats and and it, and and you know just that was a challenge in itself um we started out the season with uh, 17 kids on our roster i think by the time we got to game three we had 12 13 and that that was that was rough and tough you know because kids would be like coach we're tired can we get a break and it's like Gosh, we got one guy, man. You're like, sorry, <laughs> you guys, get a break. Out, you know, exactly, exactly. So that that was a challenge in itself. I mean, crap, we won one game out of the four we played. I think um, my running back, he was the only really ball player that I had that that I played at the yeah, played at the youth level. So um, four game season went by, and at that time, you know, I was you guys know how O-line guys just, just connect. So the varsity level O-line coach, coach Travis Fila, he's a, he, he's an amazing guy, man. He, he just basically what coach Nate Leonard, you know, coach nasty, you know, an older coach, you know, taking on their young coach under his wing. And, you know, that's exactly what he did. And, um, coach Fila took me in, um, our offense coordinator at the time too. He's, he um, coached at the youth level down here as well. I didn't know about, and I actually, the, the youth level I was coaching, I actually ended up coaching against him, and we won. And after that, you know, I was rubbing elbows with him once we got more familiar. So, you know, I say, guys, can I just stick around? They're like, absolutely. You want to learn, you know, just come on in. Like, we'll teach you. So, you know, I started, you know, sitting in on meetings just in the back of the room, just taking notes on learning the terminology, learning, you know, our offense, you know, the ins and outs of it. And uh, that was around like probably week six, week seven, I'll say, in the in the regular season. So from there, you know, uh, they brought me on. Like, coach, you know, you know, um, can you run the replay on the sideline with the iPad? Like, listen, I'll do whatever you guys want me. If you guys want me to hold chains, you know, I'm fine with that. You know, as long as I'm being around the varsity level coaches, like game day, you know, I'll, I'll step away. You know, but they're like, no, you know, you want to learn. You know, you can run the iPad. You can run replay for us. I'm like, all right, sweet. So that was probably week seven. As I got more familiar with the offense going into the postseason, you know, uh, Coach Spava, he came up to me one day, you know, pre-practice after our meeting. He goes, hey, you want a headset for this week? I'm like, um, what? He goes, bro, you, you know, I'll give you a headset if you want. So you can hear the play, you know what to look for, and, you know, you, know, you, you can have eyes on it right away. So if you need to make adjustments, boom, boom, boom. So I was like, all right, absolutely, man. So – Rocking out with the headset on the sideline, which was, you know, pretty cool. I guess everybody, everybody likes that. So we finished off. Um, that was last year, 2018-2019 season. Uh, we lost a third-round playoff to um, Cardinal Gibbons High School. They're um, a district rivalry. So this year we got our revenge on them. Well, this season we went 9-1. and one. Our lone loss was to um, Washington Gonzaga Preparatory School. They're like, the IMG Academy of the North, you guys will be blown away. They're like a, they're like a D2 program. They had 
900 kids to all boys prep school. You guys name it, man. They live there on campus. Coach Harper, you would have loved that you two walls mean they're all line. I, I, I shoot you guys not. They're all 6'3", 300 plus pounds, man. There are some big dudes and they're just mauling us, man. So we end up, um, we end up losing that game. And then we just won straight. We got to the third round of playoffs and, this was the season that, you know, they did the recent classifications every two years here in South Florida, you know, um, well, through Florida, throughout the whole state, you know, the athletic association will, you know, reclass. So uh, the team that we lost in the third round playoffs in Miami Northwestern, you know, that's where um, guys from, you know, um, Sean Spence that played linebacker at University of Miami, there was tons of dudes, a uh, Teddy Bridgewater played quarterback there. Amari Cooper played there. And, um, you know, they're national. you know, they're 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 South Florida powerhouse. So we ended up losing them in the third round of playoffs where we lost uh twenty to twenty three and um with like a minute and thirty left, we just unfortunately we just ran out of time. And um that so basically that's that that what leads me where I'm at now, just a young twenty six year old offensive line coach, run game coordinator at the J V level and just just trying to give back to the youth and just learn as much as possible, man. Well, coach, that's a uh, obviously a, a quick story, but it seems like um, it seems like you've been in it for so long. I mean, only a, like you said, well, I think twenty six, but sounds like you've had so many different seasons uh, because you got in it right away. Um, I, I would have to assume that that first year uh, to maybe a more seasoned coach would would have been a stressful, um, a huge ordeal. But maybe the lucky thing for you was you were so young. Uh, that you didn't foresee all the negative or the bad things that could happen. You just saw, hey, I get to go be a coach, and hey, now I get to be the OC. Oh, oh now I get to be the head coach uh, and, and just kind of run with it. Yeah, man. And, and you know, it's it, like I said multiple times, it was a challenge, man, you know, just because, you know, you're, you're the top guy. You know, when things go wrong, you know, people come to you and ask, you know, what do we do? And it's like, crap, man. You're like, I got to make split-second decisions here on the fly. And I think it's pretty interesting because, you know, I, when I played ball, man, I, I, I knew I wasn't going to college, man. Guys, I played left guard and center at 5'11", 215 pounds. You know, I, I graduated, you know, relatively undersized, you know. So I, I knew, you know, my shots were thin going to college ball. And so I just got right into the work field, you know, start working. I was like, you know, why don't I just start coaching, man? That's that's what I did. And I just fell, I fell in love with it, man. I just fell in love impacting you know a kid's heart and you know trying to steer him in the right direction that's you know that's i think that's what it is at the end of the day you know i think that's why we all get involved in coaching you know yeah that's exactly right 100 percent, man i i wish i could have got into it as soon as you did it took me forever to figure out what i wanted to do um my, my question coach is you know what what else do you kind of do i mean do you, are you working at the school are you teaching do you have, you know, other jobs and things like that? Or is it, is it freaking strictly football, man, and, and letting it ride? So um, my full-time – I have a full-time job, and it's not like a normal nine-to-five. Um, my full-time job, I, I run a bread route. So in a nutshell, I, um, I'm up at 3, 3.30 every morning. I deliver bread to grocery stores down here and service the stores. So that's my full-time job. I'm normally done by, you know, 11.30, noon, the latest. So it gives me the whole afternoon off. So that's how I was um, able to, you know, coach, you know, be at, be at the school, you know, at 3, 3.30 or whenever needed. So, um, 
it's funny that you bring that up, Coach Walls. My uh, after football season last year, our athletic director, Miss Karen Stearns, who's again a phenomenal, phenomenal leader, phenomenal lady. She brought me in her office. I'm like, oh shit, man, I'm probably in trouble. What did I do? Did I did I drop did I drop you know too many curse bombs? You know. So uh, she's like, Coach, we love what you're doing. Would you be interested in coaching wrestling? I'm like, absolutely. I mean, I wrestled back in high school, my sophomore and junior year. You know, why not? She goes, well, we'll bring you on. You know, I'll introduce you to the head coach, and we'll go from it from there. And so I started coaching um, wrestling last year, you know, winter sports. So I got right into that. You know, wrestling was finishing up. You know, she, uh, Coach Aven, our, uh, our DOF and varsity baseball head coach, he brought me into his office, and he's also our assistant athletic director too. So he has a couple titles to himself. And I'm like, oh man, oh man, again, I'm in the office, doors closed. I'm probably in trouble. He goes, Coach, man, how would you be interested in coaching a junior high baseball with me, being on, being a part of our staff? I was, absolutely, man. Whatever I can do to help out the program, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. So coach junior high baseball last year as well, and that was fun. We had some dude, we had some serious guys, man. I didn't. I didn't know how big baseball was, but we had a couple, you know, couple kids on our team that their dads played in the big leagues, you know. Yadiel Molina, he was a catcher for, you know, St. Louis Cardinals for a while, and his son played with us, you know. And, 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 and it's, 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 it's amazing how our baseball program, but we have dudes that played in the big leagues that, you know, want their kids to come to American Heritage. So that, that do the football roll right into wrestling and then right into base spring baseball In spring baseball we get about a month off we roll right into right into spring football so it's all year round for me at the school man i i tell you guys what i want to have one in any other way man any other way yeah it's awesome and and i always think you know as we were talking about before uh it's so much fun to watch wrestling but it's such a it's such a great other sport for football players um, you know, I know track obviously is really, really good as well. Um, but for, at least for me with my big guys, I, I love it when, when their other sport, they decide it to be, tra- uh, to be wrestling because there's just so many things that big guys use from wrestling from uh, balance to, I mean, uh, stance and how they shoot, a bunch of those different things that all come back to being a good offensive lineman. Oh, Coach Harper, you, you hit the nail on the hammer. I mean, last year I had um... – one of our younger linebackers, he wrestled in our 220 bracket or 220 weight class, and he's a strong. He was a freshman last year. Again, he was a strong kid, but he came second in the district tournament. The dude that he lost to end up winning state, and he lost to him by one point. They, it was the, the, the match score was you know two to one, and um, so I told him in the offseason, I'm like, listen, dude, like you have a freaking great opportunity if you really want to do this wrestling thing you can, you know, contend for a state championship. So during the off season, like he lost a lot, you know, just not fat, fat, but some of the, just trimmed off some of the access weight. And right now he's wrestling at 195 and guys, his, his regular season records like 22 and one right now. And the guy that he lost to won the state title in the 195 bracket last year. And he's one of our linebackers and this kid's a straight up dude, man. I mean, whatever, you know, he's a coachable kid. He does all the little things right. Everything you want, you know, and, and, and one of your guys, he's that guy. Just yes coach, no coach type of dude, blue collar, just works hard. And 
Jaden Kellock, man, I tip my hat off to that kid because every day at a wrestling practice, he's one of the captains for our team. He just goes in there and just busts his tail and does whatever we ask for him, man. He's a phenomenal kid. Coach, so, I got to ask. And some of our – go ahead, Coach Wallace, go ahead. I was, I was just going to ask you, I mean, you know, what with it being, you know, kind of the, the off season and things like that, I know you're, you're, you're busy with wrestling and, you know, you're going you're gonna to get into baseball and, and things like that. I mean, you know, how do you kind of find the time, you know, balancing your work, balancing the different sports you're doing? And, and, and what, what are some of the, the resources and some of the things that you are trying to study, you know, knowing that, you know, you're 26 and you, you want to continue to keep climbing the ladder and, and keep obviously, you know, uh, staying on top of, you know, whatever it is, might be your schemes, your techniques. I'm just interested to hear kind of, you know, wh- where you find the time and, and what you're looking for to, to continually get yourself better. Well, to be honest with you guys, man, I learned a lot from a lot of you guys on Twitter and the guys that you follow and follows you and, you know, Coach Schiffman with the the football hog chat, you know, I learned, man, I, I, I'll tell you what, Monday nights, I might not, you know, get involved in all the conversations or, or, you know, respond too much, but I'm sitting there with a the pen and pencil, you know, you know, drawing up stuff that I see or writing, taking notes on certain schemes on how this guy does inside zone versus how he teaches you know, wide zone and things of that nature. And, you know, I, I just try to find the time where, you know, for myself and uh, basically on my days off, man, you know, I have two days off per week. And I just, on those two days, I just try to home in on whatever I got going on in personal life and try to get better on that. This was the year I said I wanted to start going to clinics. Even when I was, um, even when I was younger, earlier coaching here, it's the Nike clinic in Orlando. So I always wanted to go, but my job at the time, I, I couldn't always get that, couldn't get the time off. So it never really worked out. But this year, it looks like I might have, you know, a gap in my schedule where I could get off and start going to clinics and things of that nature. I, I really want to go to the summit you guys are having, man, but I, I don't think I'll be able to, you know, unfortunately, I don't think I'll be able to, to go to that one just due to my work schedule, you know. Well, it's all it's all online, Coach. So you'll be good. It's it's not anything that you oh, got to go really? to. Yep, it's all it's all online. You just uh, and and if you watch it while we while we play it, which will be uh, usually from six to eight those days. Uh, if you watch it okay. during that, it's all free. Oh shit, man! Well, sign me up. I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, excuse my French, but man, I, I, I'm I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do it. Co- coach, go. that's. Yeah, that's and that's honestly, I mean, you know, Coach Harper had come up with the idea of having a summit, and and you've basically, you know, g- gave us the reason why we wanted to do it. It's because you know it costs thousands of dollars, you know, to to go to some of these other clinics. You know, you got to get a hotel, you got to you got to travel and drive and do all these things. Plus, now you're away from your family. So Coach Harper's like, man, let's just do these things online. You know, have a, a bunch of you know coaches you know, do their presentations that would be on a, a regular clinic list and let's just do it online. So, you know, we can hang out with our families, you know, when, when you got other jobs and things that you right. need to get done, you can do the same thing for two hours. So, I mean, I, I thought coach Harp had a, had a great idea and, and it's really kind of exploded since there. Oh, absolutely, man. You know, cause the Nike clinic, you know, it's 200 bucks to get in. You know, like you said, just the expenses are going and, you know, it's, it might be a little rough. Like, you know, just so that, 
man, that that is awesome. I, hats off to you, Coach Harper. That's a hell of an idea, man. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Man. Well, me and Walsh, you know, we, we, we got in and, and kind of figured out the best way to do it. And, yeah, that's you're exactly right. I mean, that's 200 to get in, but then you're spending the weekend away, and then how much are you spending on, on, on a hotel? And then uh, if you're yeah. going to drive there, or you're going to rent a car, or you're going to fly, depending on exactly, where it is. Know? It just gets all I – mean, <clears throat> It adds up, and and if you're going there, I guess to to meet a bunch of people and and do that whole thing, which I guess is important, then it, it's probably worth it. But if you're if you're a guy that just purely needs some some football and wants to learn some football, uh, it was a way that that we could get that done as well. So um, it's something I always wanted to try, and, and we did it twice last year, and it's got bigger every time. So we're hoping uh, this February, um, the last week of February, that it'll get even bigger this year. Um, so, so I'm kind of curious, you know, you, you are learning some of these different things and it sounds like you're learning a lot from, from the coaches that you're underneath or, or the coaches that you're watching. Uh, what are some things that you've kind of taken this year um, and, and tried to build on or think that you guys have gotten better at uh, as yourself as an offensive line coach? To be honest with you guys, I've listened to Charles Bentley, the, the episode you guys had him on. I probably listened to that probably six or seven times now. And every time, you know, I listen to it a different time, you know, I, I gain more and more information. It's more of the drive catch, what he teaches, you know. If I want to if I want to down block this three tech and I'm a tackle, you know, I'm going to drive off my right foot, you know, forcing my left foot to go and just bring my hands and be violent with it. So that's one of the things, you know, I, I taught my younger guys this year beyond the JV staff, like, hey, if we're running out, you know, inside zone this way, I want to bang the near hip, bang the near ear hole, and just be violent. And just, you know, on that first step, I really want to make the guy just – really just make the guy blink, as Coach Bantley said. You know, just make the guy think for a split second, oh, crap, you know, this this guard's really in it. And it. he's 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 going to get the best of me. So that's one of the things, you know, run blocking scheme-wise, because we run a lot of inside zone, a, lot, a little bit of gap. You know, I try to run more power, but – you know, we don't have the personnel yet for it, at least on the JV level. So inside zone, we, we hang our hats on that. And I just really try to home in on that first step and just being really violent with the hands and just make that make your presence felt by that deep tackle. And, you know, from there, pass game-wise, you know, just really, you know, having a solid punch. Again, because if you have a solid punch, man, that guy, that DNs it, oh, shit, you know. This guy, he, 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 he's got some good coaching up under him. He, he knows, you know, how to counter different moves where I'm going to throw at him. So, pass game-wise, the best way I can explain it is just a good, solid punch, a good time, a well-timed, solid punch, and then run game, just first step, just being explosive out of my stance and just really homing in on inside zone on that near hip, near ear hole, and staying on that 45-degree track. So, that, that, that's where I try to really just focus in on my guys and we'll be in meetings and we'll just go over some films like, all right, you guys see this? Bang. Good example right here, Joey, so on and so forth. Bang. All right, this is where, you know, we kind of got lazy in it. You didn't really drive off that left foot. You know, we just move forward from there, you know? So, again, pass game-wise, just that first punch, run game-wise, just that first step, just being violent. Coach, you mentioned a few of the big-time programs that you guys have run into, you know, especially in the playoffs, you know, being at a American Heritage. I know you know, you guys are obviously putting out, you know, a, a good number of D1 athletes as well. You know, Coach Sertan's son playing at Alabama. Um, mm -hmm. numer numerous other, you know, skill kids. I've heard of, of a ton of them coming out of Heritage. 
But, uh, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, the, the level of athlete that you're having to block. You know, I mean, you go to, to, to play Miami Northwestern, I mean, you're going to have four and five-star linebackers, defensive linemen, obviously all the DBs are going to be going Division One. You know, what, what are some things that, that you guys really have to kind of, you know, focus in on and, and make sure you're going to have it all kind of wired tight if you're going to be able to compete with those guys and, you know, make sure it's going to be a competitive game? So – Coach Sertan, I mean, the guy is a phenomenal break. He, the way he breaks down film, it's just, wow, I, I really didn't notice that. Like, you know, because you, you know certain things to look for. And, you know, he just tries to expose the weaknesses and what we're seeing. So they had a, a, a DB that was, you know, relatively not up to the Miami Northwestern standard, as some will put it. You know, he, he was got a little lazy on some of his stuff and like, all right, we can really – you know, you know, really home in on, on, on a slant right here on this guy because we know that he can't really drive off his back foot and, and, and really press it. So we try to get that matchup with one of our um, one of our elite receivers, actually, Doug. He signed with the University of Minnesota this past early signing day. But um, when we went into it, the game, you know, they game plan, they just stuck a safety over, over the top of our – over the top of our wideout, you know, they just really doubled Doug the whole time. So we really couldn't exploit that weakness that they were showing us. But Coach Sertan, Coach Spiva, you know, our, he, Coach Spiva is also our run game coordinator with our running backs coach, Coach Mike Smith. They just try to find the weaknesses of, you know, you know, hey, on third down, this guy, you know, he brings his hands, his deep tackle, he brings his hands a little bit lazy. So, you know, we could probably bang and trap him real quick if we're in a situation where we need to. And it just goes about that, you know, they, Again, they just try to find weaknesses on top of weaknesses of what, you know, some of their guys are. And I'll tell you what, Coach Walls, you, you hit the head, you hit the hammer right on the nail. Some of those dudes from Miami Northwestern, they have very far and few, you know, very far and few weaknesses or mistakes. And um, we just try to exploit them as best as we can. So that, that's that's how I, I tip my hat off to the varsity staff while I'm still learning myself on you know, how, how they go about that and just how they just watch film and just notice things and, you know, and again, just try to exploit it when we can. Coach, I'm <clears throat> kind of curious. You know, we've got um, sideline replay as well in Oklahoma. We're allowed to use it as well. Um, and it sounds like that's kind of your, your specialty or your expertise right now um, with the high school. What are some things that you're looking on there? Um, are, are you earmarking certain plays? Are you jotting those down so you can look at them later? Or are you trying to look at it right after the play on certain plays? How do you go about that? Because I'm trying to figure out uh, the best way to, to make use of, of our iPads. and, and, and uh, So um, the best way I can say it, say if um, we, get, we get a score and drive and one of our plays earlier in the drive, you know, we had a, we had a hiccup. You know, and, I, and we have the option on the program that we have to, to start that play. So if we're going fast, you know, because we have a, um, a period, like, where we would like to go fast or then slow down the tempo, eat up the clock. So if we're going fast, we're going our, you know, in our NASCAR set, you know, boom, 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 I'll just start the play. And, you know, after the drive, Coach I would come on the headset, hey, Coach Harrelson, what you see on this? I'd say, all right, give me a second. I go back to the boom. All right, if we ran an inside zone, um, they twisted or something and we didn't pass off the twist between, you know, play side um, garden center and boom, we can, he can go back to it and fix it right away. And then um, other times if we are going slow, say, you know, we're, 
you know, 11 personnel, we're running power and our, and our H back doesn't, you know, kick out the end and get the inside shoulder, you know, instantly I can go back and say, all right, you know, Coach Smith, here we go, Jerry, you know, we got, we got to kick out, we got to kick out the end a little bit wider on that. So it's just both times where, you know, it just depends on what situation we're in where I can, you know, just mark the play and say, you know, on that third down, boom, we got this right here, you know, or, you know, just mark the situation as it comes about. That's that's uh, that's grounds for for having your thumbs broken. I think if, if your tight end or fullback doesn't get the guy kicked and and everything else goes well, I think uh, that guy gets the boot probably. Yeah, yeah. See, um, in recent years, um, offensive coordinator in recent years, Coach Mario Perez. I actually coached against him in uh, youth level. At the time, I didn't know, like I said in the earlier, but um, with with his philosophy, and we kept you know a good amount of it too. He was more of a physical, physical downhill running. You know, we, we were a majority, you know, 10, 11 personnel, but we used the hell out of 11 personnel, man. And it just done a lot of, a lot of different things. You know, when you bring that H back or however you guys want to call them, your F, your, your P, your Q, you know, and um, things like that. And we used the crap out of them. I'm talking about whamming dudes just coming under and trapping three techniques, you know, um, inserting him on inside zone, running like ISOs. I mean, his, my first year there last year, his name's Bo Johnson. He's playing at Georgia Southern right now, and we use the crap out of him, man. He was a tremendous H-back, you know. Just one of those dudes, just quality guy. I'd stick his nose there on the run game, pass game, you know, make a catch in the flat when needed, if needed. And, uh, again, that, that 11 personnel with that H-back is just something special, you know, especially when you got the dude to do it, you know. Coach, man, uh, I got to ask you about the, the Little League ball in Florida because, you know, I've seen a few shows on it. You know, guys are gambling in the stands and and fights, you know, and, and I just, I just got to know I mean, oh, yeah. if, if it – Oh, yeah. If, you know, how, how, oh, cutthroat, yeah. how cutthroat is it? I mean, I know because, you know, obviously you're, you're trying to win at that level, but, you know, how cutthroat does it get, you know, for, for you trying to get your – you know, your kids to get into your high school and, you know, kind of get them, get them funneled like that. I mean, what kind of relationships do you got to make? And I mean, just kind of describe the, the climate down there of, you know, one, how competitive it is and how cutthroat it is. And then two, you know, how you got to be able to, to have those relationships to get, you know, the dudes, if you want to be able to, to, to compete for some of these state titles in Florida. Man, Coach Wallace, and you hit the hammer right on the nail. I mean, crap, you go, you go to Little League games and there's guys – you know, not not saying that I, have, I may or may not have seen it, but I seen, you know, some guys literally throw down, you know, blue hundred dollar bills when a kid makes, you know, a certain amount of tackles or, you know, a touchdown. You know, this kid that got two touchdowns or, but to build a relationship, man. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's kind of it's it's a great thing for me because you know I kind of get a feeder program into American Heritage, but at the same time, man, it, I just try to build a relationship with the kid or kids, you know, just like how to steer them in the right direction, you know, because obviously football goes bigger, you know, life is bigger than football and just certain situations pop up like, hey, you got to deal with it this way and this way, you know, adversity hits, you just can't hold your head. <clears throat> but that that's probably the first part of your question. And go ahead with the second part of the question. What was it, Coach Walls? I was just, just wondering about how, you know, making sure that, you know, those kids, you know, I, I've, obviously you've talked about the coaching aspect, but, you know, a lot of it's making sure you get the dudes into your program. So kind of that, you know, yeah. making sure you know the coaches, know the kids, 
and then, you know, kind of selling, you know, American heritage for those kids. Cause I know uh, several more are going to have, you know, different options, not to mention you have, oh, yeah. you know, so many private schools in the area that I, that I know can give scholarships yeah. and do things like that. So, you know, how important is it to kind of cultivate those, those good programs and those good coaches so you can get those quote good kids? Man, it's a tough one. I'll tell you, it's, it, they're like some, some of those guys, man, I'm not, they're not throwing anybody on the bus, but you know, it's, it's open game, you know? So they're like sharks and blood infested waters, man. If, if you slip up one time and you know, that relationship with that the parent or the kid himself, you know, doesn't go well, man, you know, another coach might slide in and, you know, take, take one of the receivers, you know, that you had eyes on or take a D lineman, you know, that, that, that you wanted real bad that can probably help, you know, as an incoming freshman or, you know, years down the line later in the program. But, you know, it, it's cutthroat, man. You know, if, you, if you're not constantly checking up on, on a kid or his parents, you know, texting them weekly, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, it's, it's just giving, you know, another coach opportunity to slide right in and, you know, take what you thought you had was yours up under your feet in that aspect. Coach, I, I just looked it up on the map. Looks like you guys, at least compared to where I am, are fairly close to a beach. Um, and, and actually pretty close to where my grandma, my great, no, my, my actual grandma used to live. Uh, she lived in Melbourne, uh, which I think is just a okay. little north of you guys. Yeah, that's not, that's not too far. It's about an hour and a half, two hours north of us. But looks like you guys are at least fairly close to a beach. Uh, do you guys ever get uh, creative with any of that um, as far as workouts or, or getting to bring your kids over and, and do things? Or, or you guys are so close that it's, it's not really that big of a deal? Our strength, in, well – First part of your question, man, yeah, we do. We do take advantage of that. Um, our strength and conditioning running backs coach, Coach Mike Smith, um, he's been professional in the game for a while. He trains a lot of guys in the NFL. And um, a lot of times, you know, Saturday mornings we'll have beach workouts. You know, they'll meet up at the beach. Shit, sometimes as the sun's coming up, you know, early at 7 o'clock, and those dudes are out there, you know, doing ladder drills, doing, you know, our DBs are doing, you know, backpedal drills and T-stepping and things of that nature. And we, Coach Smith likes to use, you know, granted, it gets hot down here in the summer too. Coach Coach Harper, I know you said the previous, you know, Houston got, got pretty hot and humid, but hell, man, down here, you know, July, August, it gets, it gets pretty sweltering too. So uh, we try to get it where, you know, if the – if we are going to coordinate a beach workout, we try to get in before, you know, obviously it gets too hot during the middle of the day, but man, every chance, you know, even as offensive line coaches, you know, coach Bob and I, we talk, you know, getting the guys together, you know, you know, just going to the beach and just doing stuff there, you know? <clears throat> so we try to maximize that as most, as best as we can, but at the same time, coach Smith, man, coach Mike Smith, he's, he's a, I mean, best in the class at what he does with the condition our strength and conditioning program man he owns his own business he's um d2d performance i mean if you guys ever heard of it drive to dedication i mean we had jarvis landry come to the school last year and work out with him for two weeks we had um ray ray armstrong that played at the university of miami that played some time in the big league i mean quincy wilson spent time you know he's playing with the colts right now as a defensive back for the colts you know he comes back and works out. We just have numerous guys in the NFL that come back and just work out, you know, with Coach Smith. And let alone, you know, Sony Michelle, you know, he obviously American Heritage alum, plays for the Patriots. He works out all the time. 
Isaiah McKenzie, he's an alum, new, he's a alumni too. He plays for the Bills right now. He plays wide out for the Bills, and he's like Coach Smith's right hand man. Like sometimes Isaiah will lead some of the workouts that you know we even do on the field, and it, it's just you know part one of your question. Again, we like to maximize as much as we can with the beach opportunities. At the same time, Coach Smith just everything in that head between his ears, man. It's it's knowledgeable and it's really good really good strength program if 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 that makes sense you guys you know yeah coach man the other thing i got to ask too i mean i i love coming down to florida i mean i've been i've been all over the state both sides gulf side atlantic side uh everglades you know orlando all that stuff but you know you hear it seems like all the crazy stories you hear about like you know whether it's you know dumb criminals or crazy things happening or you know snakes that are getting infested you got you know snakes, <laughs> snakes and gators and so like my my, uh, my yeah. uncle lives down there now too he's retired and he's telling me about you know iguanas and stuff getting into his bathroom i mean <laughs> what, what are some of the what are some of the craziest stories or maybe the craziest story you've heard about something happening in florida that's just like man how can you possibly top that and it seems like yeah about a week later it does end up happening shit man you know, I, I follow all the local news channels here, you know, on social media. So I'm scrolling through Twitter one day and I see um, a Local 10, you know, they posted uh, alligator found on front doorstep of Florida, Southwest Miami, Florida home. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, that, you know, that, that sums it up. You know, you know, sure as crap, you know, they had, um, I guess the resident there had a, the ring camera system as their doorbell. And, Sure as hell, man. There's a freaking eight foot gator sitting there on their front porch. You know, it's like, my, like what? Are you kidding me? I think like, all right. That's probably the most Florida thing ever. Hell, two weeks later, a saltwater croc found in the backyard in someone's swimming pool down in Kendall or in Olmstead. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh my goodness, you know. And then last week, you know, we had that cold front that rolled through us. Shit, what was it? Tuesday or Wednesday last week, and. You guys know our winters don't last long here in Florida. We get, what, one or two days, you know, three days the most. That's it. So, uh, with the iguanas, you know, they, they're everywhere down here, man. Guys, I'll tell you what, man. One day on my way home driving, I'm driving down the street to get to my house. I at least counted 27 freaking iguanas. No bullshit on that one, man. It was yeah. – it was uh, – <laughs> So, like, um, they said, know, I mean, and they're ahead. not, they're not native. I mean, they're like an invasive species. I mean, basically people's yeah. pets, pets have gotten out and there's nothing that's yep. there to, to really, you know, kill them. And they just grow like freaking wildfire. They're everywhere. Ah, oh, coach walls, man. It's crazy. They're like the, the pythons and the Everglades. There's nothing in the food chain that literally eats them, you know? So uh, we had that cold front and that snap that rolled through and, you know, iguanas being cold blooded creatures, you know, they concern. Dude, and we have, like, two big iguanas that live in the tree in front of my brother's house. Man, you know, Wednesday morning I woke up, you know, see what the weather's like outside. It's probably about 40, 50 degrees, and sure as hell, man, in the middle of the road, that freaking 4-foot iguana is just frozen on its backside, you know, belly up. It's like, man, this is some Florida stuff for real. Like, iguanas literally falling out of the trees and just frozen, and it, it – some of the stereotypes, man, they're, they're, I tell you what, some of them got some truths behind them. Other times, man, they can be out of this world. You guys know, you know? <laughs> Coach Harper, you ever seen any gators or big uh, reptiles? Uh, I've seen some snakes. I, I, dated, I dated a girl that owned a few snakes. 
That's about it. Um, and then, and then I hate snakes. And then the guy, <laughs> the guy next to me that teaches science has like six snakes in his classroom. And the lady two oh doors down has two snakes. So I, oh, I've got my man. fill of all the snakes. Well, coach, coach Harper, man, if, whoever, if you guys ever want to come down, I, I advise we stay away from the Everglades, man. Cause they got, <laughs> they got gators, they got snakes, you know, they got cottonmouths, you name it, man. They're, they're all out there. So you guys ever swing down with talks and ball, grab a beer, you know, we'll stay away from the Everglades for you, man. Well, that sounds good. I've got family still, uh, I think in Orlando, um, I had a okay. guy that used to work for Universal, a, a relative. So we used to get in the right. Universal for free when we'd come and see my grandma. And so um, I still got people down there. So might have to do it. And then actually one of my uh, one of my old football coach, one of my off, old offensive line coaches, uh, coaches at UCF. So uh, got okay, a, sweet, know, a few that's awesome. Still there. Uh, UCF was actually um, at school Monday afternoon. Coach Randy Shannon was a. Uh, was there and um and you guys man like i said i like i'm just a kid from davy and davy's you know a small inner city school, inner city here and seeing these guys you know I, you know randy shannon what you know that's awesome you know at you know, before early signing day coach fleck from university of minnesota came down and gave doug a in-school visit and myself i'm a huge pj fleck fan i mean i i love everything the guy stands for i'm I'm all in behind him on his roll the boat process and what he believes in. And I got to meet coach Fleck and that was, that was a freaking humbling experience in itself. And the way the guy is, you know, on interviews with ESPN or he, he's like that in real life, man. Just, just, you know, the, the guy's character just goes beyond words can explain, man. You know, seeing guys, you know, Nick Saban coming to the school, Dan Mullen was there, you know, earlier last year, looking at a couple of our guys and, you know, just seeing these, you know, top level D one coaches, I'm I'm just all starry eyed, man, to be honest with you guys, because you know, I'm you know, this is awesome to me, you know. You see a guy like you see Nick Saban, you see Dan Mullen, you know, this is freaking cool as hell, man. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, man. That's some I'm, I mean, per, ahead, I was just say, man, per capita, I mean the, the amount of talent down there is nuts. Literally you you could have a coach that just lived down there twenty four seven and you'd be just fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but see what the problem is, Coach Walls and Coach Harper, I'll explain it to you guys, man. I think because, like, we have so many smaller public inner-city schools that are so relatively close together because population down here in Broward County, it's through the roof. My oldest brother lives in the county north of us in Palm Beach. There's a high school, you know, right down the street from his house, Seminole Ridge High School. It's a community high school. So... Everybody within that area, you know, within, I guess they have a certain mileage radius or whatever, goes to that school. And, you know, it's pretty, that mile radius is pretty, you know, spanned out. It's pretty wide. Well, down here, you know, my alma mater, where I went to Hollywood Hills, you know, you throw a stone and you're hitting South Broward High School, which is, you know, three miles east of us. You know, you throw a, a rock, you know, to the west of the school, you know, five miles down the road on Sterling Road, there's Cooper City High School. And, and you know what I honestly think, because there's so there's there's a lot of good talent in those public inner city schools. I don't think it'll ever happen, but I talk to friends, you know, guys I played ball with, you know, coaches now. What to compete with these, you know, the the, the St. Thomases of the world, the the Shaman Madonna, you know, three time state champion down here, you know, 
the, the Miami Northwesters, American Heritage, what, you know, some of these schools can start competing because, you know, when we play them, you know, it's, you know, relatively 40, 50 to zero. And uh, what they should do is just, you know, build one community school, knock down one school. And obviously, you know, you'll still have, you know, issue with attendance, you know, population, but build those a, a massive, not a map, but build a big enough school where these kids don't have to transfer to so-and-so to, you know, to get looked at, you know, so everybody can be on one team and like the talent level, they can compete with, you know, some of these private schools and some of these top dog public schools here in South Florida where it's not just, you know, a run through. So they can schedule a little bit better and, you know, have a better opportunity at, you know, capturing a state title and things of that nature. <clears throat> I'm with you. Well, well, coach, you know, kind of coming up here on, on an hour, but, but the last thing I always like to ask guys is, is when you're watching another team's offensive <laughs> line, what's some things you they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Man, Coach Harper, before I get into it, I love this question, man. And I've been doing my homework. You know, I, I listen to, you know, every every episode you guys put out, you know, I listen to it. A lot of the guys, you know, saying, uh, you know, technique on double teams or just a guy being relentless and just being nasty and finishing. You know, that's all great. Hey, hats off to those O-line coaches. But honestly, what I like and what I learned this past year with Coach Spiva is a good O-line coach or a run game coordinator that can adjust blocking schemes on a fly. Now, as I say that, so if you guys are a hard inside zone team and you're reading that backside end, and if they're gap exchanging where that end's crashing down and that linebacker's coming over the top, you know, if an O-line coach can see that and adjust a blocking scheme on the fly, so we're locking that end now, and as that, as that overhang linebacker comes over, you know, he's your true read and so on and go for it. I think, I think that's what makes a freaking great offensive line coach or even a, um, a coordinator – but more zone the offensive line coach. And of course you gotta tip your hats off to the guys that love finishing, man. Nothing nothing beats gets my heart going seeing, you know, a trap bust for, you know, sixty, seventy yards and our and our guard just comes across and cleans the three technique or, you know, we're we're running downfield on a double team and, you know, tackle takes over, et cetera, and he just pancakes a you know, a guy twelve yards down the field. You know, that's what gets me jumping up and down on the headset. You know, that's what gets me going in the booth. But definitely, you know, a, a coach that um, make adjustments on the fly like that, you change up the blocking scheme, and, you know, a guy that's just relentless with unity stance and just finishing, you know, that that's what I really like to see an offensive line coach. And that's what, that's what I hope to, to be one day as I, as I get to that level. Well, Coach, man, I think that's a, a great goal and uh, appreciate you coming on and being able to share, you know, your experiences as a, as a young O-line coach. And then not only that, you know, kind of coaching in, you know, one of the, the cradles of, of big-time football and, and big-time talent. So it's been a blast to have you on, man, and, uh, and let's talk soon. Yeah, Coach Walls, man, Coach Harper, I appreciate you guys having me on again. Man, I love what you guys are doing for us as, you know, myself as a young guy, just learning more and more, just seeing a thousand ways to skin a cat what you guys do for the O-line community and the brotherhood that we share, you know, as being O-line guys, man, it's, it's phenomenal, man. So keep up the great work guys, man. If you guys ever come down to South Florida and you guys give me a shout, you know, I'll, you know, I'd love to meet up with you guys face to face and, you know, just sit at a bar and, you know, and just talk ball. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. 
And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it'll allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.